question. Of the 10 largest cities in America, which is the only one without term limits on its city council? I'll give you a hint. It's also the most corrupt city in the country. Hi, I'm Philip Lumel. Welcome to No Uncertain Terms, the official podcast of the Term Limits Movement for the week of June 27th, 2022. Your sanctuary from partisan politics. Of course, I'm talking about Chicago, where once again, activists, including former Governor Pat Quinn, are gearing up for a battle to impose term limits in the Windy City. Joining me to discuss it is U.S. Term Limits Executive Director Nick Tombalides. Hey, Nick. Hey, Phil. Let's talk about the big news this week. And what's that? Term limits. <laughs> of course. Of course. In Chicago, most likely, where uh, the uh, former governor of the state, Pat Quinn, is again, once again, on the warpath trying to impose term limits on, this time, the Chicago City Council. And, uh, boy, he's tried to impose tournaments on the state uh, legislature. Also made it – this is his second big attempt on the city council. Man, he's a tournaments hero for sure. Why can't he get this over the uh, finish line? He's having trouble getting it over the finish line due to a ridiculous uh, legal technicality. Pat Quinn was the guy who got term limits on the ballot in Illinois back in the early 1990s. He created a petition to do it in Chicago back in 2019. He only failed because Chicago has this weird law where the city council can actually crowd out citizen ballot measures by putting their own pretty useless ballot measures on the same ballot. They're only allowed a maximum of three, and the council can put its own crap on there to crowd out what the citizens want. That is what has uh, impeded Pat Quinn from getting term limits on Chicago Right, because he successfully, him and his group, successfully collected the signatures to do this. And just to forestall it, the city council put on their own question, which had something to do with banning plastic straws or something that was, uh, you know, in the headlines at the time. The sole purpose, of course, was to keep the people's initiative off the ballot. So the answer really my question is, is why can't haven't hasn't even able to get it across the finish line? It's because of corruption and self-interested politicians in the state, because he got it on the ballot back in the 90s for the state legislature, collected the signatures and everything, just like he did in Chicago in 2019. And in that case, the Supreme Court shot it down. Supreme Court of Illinois. Yeah. And uh, it's happened since. Uh, it happened again. It 2014, when uh, yeah. another uh, political rival of Pat Quinn, Governor Bruce Rauner, collected the signatures. He went out and did that. I think it was probably somewhere around a million signatures to get that on the ballot. And once again, the Supreme Court, which is um, incestuously connected with Chicago, Illinois politicians, blocked it from appearing on the ballot again. And I remember the exact reasoning they gave. This is completely ridiculous, whether you're a lawyer or not was that term limits do not make a structural and procedural change to the legislature. Right. Give me a break. Right. I know it. And I remember that was what they shot down the first time with, and then the new one was written, you know, with the original Supreme Court decision in hand. So, you know, they, they crafted it to make sure that it hit those points that the court used as an excuse. It didn't do any good. The Supreme Court threw it out. Anyway, so Pat Quinn has been in the trenches on this forever. He is a tournaments hero for sure. And uh, now he, the big news this week is that 
He's trying again. So what's what's the story? Or what's he trying to do exactly? Uh, well, he has announced another ballot drive, and I'm sure the council is going to be back to their same old tricks of trying to keep him off the ballot. But there's a looming threat behind the scenes here, and that is Pat Quinn might run for mayor of Chicago at the same time he's running this ballot drive. And if Quinn were to become the mayor, he'd be in a position to keep those other frivolous questions off the ballot. So it's it's kind of like a, a one-two punch here. I mean, Chicago has a mayor who is nominally pro-term limits. That's Democrat Lori Lightfoot. Uh, but in her first term, she hasn't really lifted a finger to do much about it. She's out there positioning herself as a term limits ally. She's even using uh, U.S. term limits materials in her campaign announcements. She actually quoted us in her campaign announcement video, a re-election announcement video. She highlighted briefly a U.S. term limits article. But she hasn't done bupkis uh, to put pressure on the council members or to refer a term limits amendment to the ballot. Because if the council and the mayor were to get behind the amendment and it would come from them, then it could occupy one of those three prime slots and it couldn't be dislodged by anything else. Yeah. She's been helpful in this effort, though. Um, it's part of normalizing this call for turbulence in the state. The people love it. The polls have always said so. The establishment has been dead set against it. Well, you know, she's part of the establishment now, and she's she's supporting it. And that's that's been very helpful. But you're right. She's got to do a little more than that. She's got to lift a finger. She promised to. She's out there saying powerful forces are trying to stop progress for Chicago. She's referring to members of the city council who oppose term limits. Chicago has this councilman, Ed Burke. We've talked to him about him on here. He's been in power <laughs> since 1969. <laughs> yes. 53 years. Um, oh, wow. And yeah. he, he, he's under 14 counts of indictment, but why can't you get rid of him? Well, his wife is the chief justice of the Illinois Supreme Court. So. Oh, yeah. oh, wait, 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 wait. Is that the same Supreme Court that ruled the the uh, voters' initiative on term limits uh, invalid a few years back? The very same. Oh, no kidding. Huh. The very same. So in Illinois, they're all thick as thieves. Uh, no, wait, 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 wait a minute. Is this the same Ed Burke that actually put the measure on the ballot to crowd out the uh, Pat Quinn initiative in 2019? That I don't know. Oh, it is. is. It? I'm letting you know. Yeah. Is it? Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know he was the lead sponsor, but it's hardly surprising. Um, yeah. You know, 53 years and 53 years for a counselor. Chicago's had two mayors, uh, Richard Daly and his son, who were in power for a combined 43 years. It's nice to see Lightfoot showcasing U.S. term limits, telling people she's for term limits in Chicago. You know, she's had three years to do something about it, so you have to wonder, is it maybe all hat and no cattle? She's talked about it for a while, but talk is cheap. Where are the term limits? Well, I believe Pat Quinn. Um, if he got elected mayor, we'd see some action on this one way or the other. There's no doubt about it. Boy, it's been one of the primary issues motivating him in his entire political career. That, and he's also a big fan of recall, too. That was always part of his package, term limits and recall, basically given the people of Chicago and of Illinois some recourse against this uh, the corrupt government that they've been saddled with for so long. What I like about Pat Quinn is, uh, unlike most politicians who uh, lead these types of efforts, he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. You know, Pat, he doesn't go out and play golf and let somebody else, you know, pound the pavement and collect these signatures. He's out there with a clipboard himself 
collecting these signatures, talking to people. He's got his sleeves rolled up. He's dripping in sweat. He's out there in 98-degree summer heat getting these signatures, getting the job done. you got to give him some credit for that because most politicians don't want to uh, get their hands dirty anymore. Mm-hmm. Ed Burke, by the way, uh, Alderman is, uh, of course, as you said, under all these indictments, and his trial's been uh, kicked off into uh, probably, I guess, later this year. He's currently sitting on the uh, council, and um, he will be an opponent of this, but he may not be there much longer. And first of all, he's up for for election. He's also like uh, 200 years old. Yeah. He is the longest-serving alderman that uh, Chicago's ever had, so that is interesting, too, because it just uh, fills out the story of him being the chief opponent of, of tournaments on the council and also under indictment for, guess what, corruption. So... Perfect story, uh, good versus evil story right there, that's for sure. It is a good story. It is a good story. And, um, you know, Quinn and Lightfoot are on a potential collision course here. Term limits might be the deciding factor. Whichever one is more proactive on term limits might be the winner. And when that happens, the real winner is the voters of Chicago, the people of Chicago who've put up with way too much for way too long. Oh, yeah. We know they want it. The last polling we have on uh, sh- Chicagoans and uh, tournaments is 69% favor of a tournament council. So there you go. And uh, Pat Quinn might be the guy to give it to him. This is a public service announcement. The issue of California Senator Dianne Feinstein's declining capacity found its way to an interesting interview on PBS's Amanpour and Company this month. Author and columnist Rebecca Traster examines the life and career of Senator Feinstein, looking for clues to, among other things, why she clings to power at age 88. One woman who has continually covered violence against women in her work is writer and author Rebecca Traster. But today, she's here to talk about one of the most senior members of the U.S. Senate, Diane Feinstein. In her latest profile, Traster examines the five-decade career of the 88-year-old politician. What would you say is her North Star in staying in, not just seeking public office, but staying in public office? She really believes in the power of top-down authority as opposed to bottom-up authority. Um, Feinstein believes in the Senate, and the Senate rewards seniority. The way the Senate works, the longer you stay there, the more power you have, which means that the question of Feinstein, for example, the question of whether she would retire in 2018 when when she could have and chose to run again and came in for a lot of criticism um, at, you know, at 85 um, for running for another term and was challenged muscularly from the left, but, but won. In part, what that reflects is that Senior Senator Dianne Feinstein, who sits on the Appropriations Committee, has the ability to bring her state all kinds of resources, money, that, and, and this is a systemic reality in the Senate, and it's certainly not just Dianne Feinstein who's been there as long as she has. There are so many of her colleagues who are over 80, Mitch McConnell, Chuck Grassley, Pat Leahy, um, in part because they gain authority and power to provide for their state. And the state in turn appreciates, in some cases, their ability <laughs> to provide for voters. And so it is, in fact, her, her she's embedded in and believes in an institution that off incentivizes her never leaving that institution. Is this a particular challenge 
for Democrats. And the reason I ask is, is, as you point out, a number of people in the Senate, in fact, in the House, are, are elderly. You know, And so Democrats seem to be quite restive about this. Republicans either don't seem to mind or have been, I mean, look, Mitch McConnell was just reelected mm-hmm. and he's 80 years old. People don't seem to have a problem with that, but they've also seemed to be either recruiting or attracting younger people who also tend to be some of the most radical right. people like Josh Hawley, for example, and in, in Ohio, you know, J.D. Vance running for running for the Senate. So it's just, um, is this a particular problem for Democrats? So I think that the gerontocracy is is bipartisan. There are old, there's older leadership. Mitch McConnell obviously is is the leader of the Republican Party and an extremely effective one. I think I, I think a lot of people would agree. Um, uh, the the fact that there are that senior leadership and senior members are in fact very old is true on both sides. Well, all right, let's switch gears. Let's look at uh, South Carolina, where there's another would-be term limits advocating governor, and that is with uh, Joe Cunningham, young guy, about 40, and he's former congressman, right, running for uh, the governorship of South Carolina against a 75-year-old Governor Henry McMaster, long career politician. Cunningham, a Democrat, just like Pat Quinn, is calling for term limits. He yes, is. I'm sorry. He's calling for term limits and age limits. Yep. He put out a campaign video. He said that South Carolina and our country are being run by a geriatric oligarchy. I don't know if that's a term most voters are going to understand, but it's certainly true. <laughs> People staying in office <laughs> yeah. way past their prime. Cunningham said uh, some of these folks yeah. have been clinging onto power for 30, 40, even 50 years. Folks who are making a career out of politics are making a mess out of our country. And uh, yeah. he's proposed yeah. an age limit of 72 years to be a politician in South Carolina. They already have that lim- retirement uh, limit on judges. It's okay. interesting. He's also proposing term limits, didn't specify the number of years. Uh, he was asked if he believes Joe Biden is part of the geriatric oligarchy, and his campaign had no comment. <laughs> right. But <laughs> this guy looks to be serious. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. when, when he well, was he in was, Congress, he was good on right when he was in Congress. He was good on the issue. I think well, I don't know. If, remember if he was a signer of the U.S. Terminalist Pledge, but he was a, uh, a supporter of the idea and I believe of the amendment. That's right. Yes, he was a, a co-sponsor of um, of the U.S. Term Limits Amendment in the House. He lost mm-hmm. his congressional seat to another signer, Nancy Mace, two years ago. That's right, a Republican mm-hmm. signer. So we'll see what happens, but. Uh, I'll tell you this, anytime someone is running for governor and they promise a constitutional amendment, be very cynical because that requires a vote from the legislature first. So right. he'd, literally, he'd literally be asking some 90-year-old senator to vote to ban 90-year-old senators. I don't know how well that's, that's going right. to resonate. You know, drunks right. don't usually vote for prohibition, but hey, more power to them. Yep, but it's probably one of the reasons why he won a uh, you know five-way primary. Um, to get to where he is as the nominee. And uh, like I said, he's got some history of activism on this issue. So he's not uh, he's not a Pat Quinn, at least not yet. But uh, I, have, I have high hopes for him. Yeah, and it's encouraging to see more uh, rising stars within the Democratic Party talking about term limits. Um, a lot of these newer, younger, more enterprising Democrats, 
uh, who haven't been in politics that long. I think Joe Cunningham just turned 40. You know, he's got a very bright future. Lori Lightfoot hasn't been elected very long. You've got people like Jared Golden in Maine who are signing the term limits pledge and championing the issue. Jessica Cisneros in Texas, a very impressive candidate down there um, for the House this past election. Uh, So there's seems to be a little mini resurgence of term limits within the Democratic ranks, especially among the younger ones. Yep, it's good to see. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No Uncertain Terms. The term limits convention bills are moving through the state legislatures. This could be a breakthrough year for the term limits movement. To check on the status of the term limits convention resolution in your state, go to termlimits.com slash take action. There, you will see if it has been introduced and where it stands in the committee process on its way to the floor vote. If there's action to take, you'll see a take action button by your state. Click it. This will give you the opportunity to send a message to the most relevant legislators, urging them to support the legislation. They have to know you're watching. That's turnlimits.com slash take action. If your state has already passed the Turn Limits Convention resolution or the bill's not been introduced in your state, you can still help. Please consider making a contribution to U.S. term limits. It is our aim to hit the reset button on the U.S. Congress, and you can help. Go to termlimits.com slash donate. Termlimits.com slash donate. Thanks. We'll be back next week. The revolution isn't being televised. Fortunately, you have the No Uncertain Terms podcast. Yeah.